Welcome to the Out of the Loop podcast. I'm your host, Jane Neal. Today, we're taking a departure to bring you a tribute to our friend, Drake Scott. Drake was a storyteller during Out of the Loop's first season. His story brought down the house that night at Liberty Theater with both laughter and tears. Like so many, we grieved the news of his death on August 5th, 2020. I met Drake in the winter of 2019 at the now-closed Original Pancake House in South Tyler. He walked to the entrance door, seeming to have appeared from nowhere. Over the next couple of hours, Drake provided fodder for four or five stories as he unpacked parts of his past and present. From across the booth, I sensed someone charming and charismatic, tender and melancholic. In this episode, you'll hear Drake's family members and friends sharing memories of Drake and how they've been coping. Let's begin. My name is Brittany Jones, and I am a friend and sister to Drake. Hi, my name is Anita Dunn. I am proud to say that I am and was Drake's great aunt. My name is Seth Walker. I originally met Drake through uh, being his trainer at the gym. My name is Megan, and I was Drake's girlfriend. My name is Chad, and my relationship to Drake, the great young Drake, Drizzy, Chad, Scott, is um, he started out as one of my closest friends, and probably about two days later, he became my youngest brother. Hello, my name is Hannah Walker. I am Seth Walker's wife, and Seth and I had the uh, unique privilege, um, blessing really, of sharing some time um, and making memories with Drake the Great. Hi, I'm Tawakani. I'm Drake's mom. While there are many things I loved and appreciated about Drake, Um, What I appreciated most was his time and energy. I think I could call him at literally any hour upset about the smallest of things. And by the end of our conversations, I would, of course, be in tears from laughing so hard. I think the thing that I like most about Drake was his ability to love without uh, any borders and what I mean by that is he it didn't it didn't matter your socioeconomic status, uh, your color, your your age, your interest, background, no matter what it was, Drake was able to just love everyone uh, the same. He treated everybody the same. He could be in whatever environment that it was and be comfortable. My favorite thing about Drake was his beautiful spirit the light that he had within him. He loved. He was genuine. Something I loved and appreciate about Drake was that he was always so present. He had this unique, nearly heavenly way of coming to where you were at and listening deeply. He had a strength where he could sit with you and meet you wherever you were at and whatever you were going through and not put on you any sense of urgency to hurry through your pain to make people feel comfortable. I still can't believe that I gave birth to this beautiful, amazing man, human being, soul. And my kid just had the biggest heart. 
and I loved him for it. Hey, it's Jane here again. Thanks for joining us in this special episode of Out of the Loop Podcast. Today, we're remembering our storyteller friend, Drake Scott, from Out of the Loop Season 1. After my initial meeting with Drake and my invitation for him to tell his story, I wasn't sure he really would. When we talked about being at the table read, he replied, Sunday afternoons, I play flag football, but I'll try to be there. When I pressed the importance of him showing up, he said, I'll not not be there. And sure enough, he arrived late, but he did show up. He sat next to me, heard another storyteller go, and then he leaned over and whispered, I'm going last. Drake had nothing to worry about. He immediately charmed our small group and drew us in. Let's hear more memories from those who knew and loved Drake, beginning with Seth Walker. When Drake first started coming to the gym, he was coming to one of my classes. One evening he was there. According to him, he saw this girl, and at first sight, he knew that this girl was who he was going to marry, what he said. As the class went on, I, I believe that he met her at this point. And, and a lot of what's funny of it for me is that for Drake, like he just, he assumed all the girls loved Drake. Everybody wants him. That was just, that was just how he was. That was a confidence he had. So it didn't really matter. It wasn't a matter if he was going to get the girl. So anyways, as the class went on, he, he began to ask some of the people in there, like, who is this girl? And they were like, oh, that's Coach Seth's wife. And so then he comes up to me and his words was like, man, I almost stole your wife. And, from that day forward, we always laughed about that. Uh, and one specific memory that I think about, um, and it's a bunch of them, but the one that uh, really gives me a good chuckle is my senior year in high school, uh, Drake Junior year in high school. We was moving out into a new house out in Flint, and uh, Drake was helping us move. And we was down going down 155. And Drake was in the back back of the truck. I was up driving, um, and he was holding the mattresses. So everything was good for about a good mile, maybe two. And then all of a sudden, all we hear is "Oh, oh, oh!" <laughs> and, we, and I look, and I look in the back of you know my rearview mirror, and the mattresses done flipped over, and Drake underneath it. He gone. Can't see him no more at all. And so we pull over. And man, we laughed for at least about a good 10 minutes straight. And Drake was like, I ain't never helping nobody move ever again, man. Y'all, I can't believe y'all had me back here holding these mattresses. He was so mad, but it was just so funny, man. We shared the joy of enjoying food, okay? So we would take these drives to little taquerias, the taqueria that was close to our place. One of my last memories with him was um, getting to have a little Drake and Hannah date. Um, we called it Drake and Sis, Big Sis date. We went to a breakfast place and we we did the thing that we always do. You know, we looked at each other, closed our eyes in between, she made some sounds while we were enjoying our pancakes and laughed at each other for how silly we sounded uh, to <laughs> not just our ears, but probably the, the people around us. He had the most beautiful eyes. His eyes would just melt your heart. And uh, sometimes the way he would look at you, oh, my God, those eyes could just, you would just have to give in to whatever it was that he, every any point that he was trying to uh, get across. But those eyes saved him a lot of times. 
This particular memory was after a stressful, heavy day. I can't even remember what specifically had happened, but we were together and Drake had asked that we get close so we could feel each other breathing. And we each put in an AirPod and listened to the instrumental song called Agape by Nicholas Brittle. It sticks with me more than any other memory, I think, because of the authenticity of the moment. How it displayed Drake's great strength of sitting and not rushing so well. Things didn't have to be perfect, and there could still be peace found even when things weren't okay. I love that the song is called Agape, as it means highest form of love or unconditional love. It fully encompasses Drake's mission in life. Um, a specific memory of Drake that stays with me would definitely have to be our patio conversations at my old apartment. <laughs> um, he would come by and, of course, eat some food and just chill with me. Um, we would frequently talk about different things we wanted to accomplish and where we saw ourselves a year or two from that moment. And despite all odds, we definitely accomplished those goals. I don't think he gave himself enough flowers because just reflecting while sharing this, those goals were definitely achieved for sure. When I started going through Drake's things, I came across a poem where he said that if he could, he would take on the burdens of the world for God. That's the type of person my son was. He wanted to help any and everybody in any way he could. He loved so hard. I miss having to tell him to put his shirt on or asking him where his shirt is. I mean, there's not anything to not miss about Drake. Jane here again. To conclude this special Out of the Loop podcast episode in tribute to Drake Scott, I asked Drake's friends and family to tell me how they're coping with his death. Acknowledgement has been my biggest coping mechanism. That acknowledgement comes in many forms. Talking with my friends and family about him, writing about him in my journals, of which I had many. I also cope by finishing my plans for the future that we made together. I'm going to finish school well in part because of the countless texts I have from him encouraging me. I've got plans to travel and go to the beach because those are things we talked about doing together. Trying to finish well, that's what's helping. Doing my best because I know that's what he would have wanted, that's what's helping. You know, he doesn't exist in, in, in that space anymore, but he still is the same spirit. He still is the same person. We still have the same memories. Um, I still have that same connection to him. We'll connect again in, in whatever way that is because we connected here in this space. So. That's what's been helping me get through. As far as coping with his loss, I have found comfort in writing to him as if he were here and we were on the phone. I've also been more active. Um, and I know that's something that he would definitely be hype about because he will always try to get me to come to the gym. I'm sure myself and plenty of other people, he would try to get to come to the gym. But I was very stubborn. <laughs> But I have been doing a lot better, and I know he will be hype about that. What helps me cope is knowing that he's not hurting anymore, knowing that he's not struggling. 
He had a passion for football, and one of the games he was hit uh, really hard, and so he had a concussion. And I know uh, me and my niece, we talked about it. His mother, we talked about it, and I realized that a lot of guys that played professionally and non-professionally professional football, they committed suicide. And so I know that it was not the Drake that... I came to love and adore. I know he's proud of me. I started to meditate and do yoga as a way to get through and cope with the loss. I try to live for myself and him now. So I try new things and just try not to be afraid because I know he wouldn't be. I try to smile more and laugh more. It's definitely hard sometimes. There's so many things I want people to know about Drake and his life. There's no getting away from the systemic injustice in our country. His life and legacy, while beautiful, is wrought with an inequity that seems to be inherent in the existence of a young black man's life in America. But if I could leave people with this, it doesn't matter how long you've known Drake. What matters is how you respond based on how he influenced you. He was love. He was of love. And in all that we do going forward and honoring him in his time spent with us, we should do it wholeheartedly and with love. I love you, Drake, and I will see you at the top. The Out of the Loop podcast was recorded at the Innovation Pipeline in downtown Tyler by Preston Hutto, with technical support from Neil Katz and Leah Wansley. Music is provided by the Tyler, Texas duo Gypsum and the Travelers. Out of the Loop is a production of the Tyler Loop, a nonprofit news and culture magazine and storytelling platform for Tyler and East Texas. We run on memberships from informed, engaged residents like you who value in-depth, inclusive reporting. Check us out at thetitherloop.com. <laughs>